right now at Honda, find your kind of value with a low finance rate offer on selected Civic hatch and sedan models. There's never been a better time to get into a Civic. So talk to your local dealer and let's help you into a Honda today. T's and C's apply. Ends August 31st. See website for details. You're listening to Errol Parker and Clancy Overall, editors of the Batuta Advocate on Desert Rock FM. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to Desert Rock FM with Clancy and Errol from the Batuta Advocate. If you're listening from lesser places, we're up to episode number six from our new podcast, coming out of the Koala Studios in downtown Batuta. Yes, hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. You're here with myself, Clancy Overall, a man with... Media pedigree stretching back generations in the Diamantina Shire, and of course, editor at large of the Batuta Advocate, Errol Parker. Coming up this week, we're having a chat with prominent actor, playwright, and notable current affairs show panelist who's in town this week, Nakia Louie. But before we get there, what's been happening this week in the world, Errol? Well, the Commonwealth Games are trying their hardest to stay in the headlines, Clancy. And forget all those boring, uh, heartwarming stories about the medals and all that bullshit. Um, there's been a few athletes uh, go missing from the games, they've gone AWOL. Yeah, that's the true headline. A few athletes from some of the African nations have decided to go and explore the Glitter Strip without telling anyone, and no one in the mainstream media seems to know where they are. But we've managed to track a few of these missing athletes down, haven't we? Yes, we have. Uh, We've chased them from down south. Uh, We have exclusively revealed where some of them have ended up. What was the headline on that scoop? Ipswich Jets uh, refused to explain where their new Cameroonian backline came from. Uh, Despite the Jets training behind closed doors earlier this week, the advocate can exclusively reveal that the iconic Queensland Rugby League team has a completely revamped backline. It's a new try-scoring operation with a distinctly African flavour now that all five backline positions are occupied with Cameroonian nationals, whose names have been kept from us. The Jets have refused to publicly comment on the influx of new overseas talent but sources inside the organisation have confirmed that the coaches are over the moon with the recent recruitment drive. And actually, one of the coaches of the Jets, Ben Walker, who steers the ship with his brother Shane, dropped a comment on that story, informing us that training and home games have been moved to the Cameroonian embassy. So if any of the Jets family are listening in, make sure you take note of that. Yeah, good on him, I say. Despite the fact that the Cameroonian embassy is based in Canberra, uh, we do wish the boys from Ippy the best of luck. I mean, we have seen firsthand up here, Clancy... With the Batuta Dolphins, what a bit of brown paper bag money and uh, some free accommodation can do to a football team. Uh, Ever since we brought up those blokes from Logan, uh, the Mighty Dolphins have been humming and the town's been buzzing too. The performance of small town rugby league teams does in fact have a ripple effect on the community. But I don't know how long the Jets are going to be able to hold out. I mean, Home Affairs Minister Peter Dutton has surely got to get a sniff of this soon. And when he does, I reckon he might come after the Jets. Well, we hope for the uh, good people of Ipswich that he doesn't. Um, Anyway, we broke another Com Games-related story this week about the hosts of Channel 7's Sunrise programs requesting that the Aboriginal protesters spare a thought for the white children trying to enjoy the Commonwealth Games. Yes, the headline on that one we ran was Sunrise says, please think of the white children trying to enjoy their holiday before protesting again. The popular breakfast television program Sunrise were the victim of targeted and angry protests this week on the Gold Coast to the point where the hosts had to address the situation. The hosts of the show are David Kosh and Samantha Armitage. They were barely audible above the chants and general rabble of the protesters, which forced them to tackle the elephant in the room. Uh, Koshi said, We love that people are able to protest their views in Australia. It is a pillar of our democracy. 
Uh, but then he digressed and said, but the tone of the chanting is becoming increasingly hostile and some of the language is becoming offensive. Uh, he said they had a dress-up competition planned for families that day and that there were a lot of white middle-class children there trying to enjoy their holiday. And Koshi did go on to say that the protesters didn't really take that into consideration. It was quoted saying, and um, the original kerfuffle about this whole thing was about protecting children, not... Um uh, land rights, so uh, t- take that, protesters. Anyway, coming up, we have David Campbell and Peter Garrett on to discuss the live export controversy. Well, Sunrise, you know, they don't do themselves any favours, you-, you know, with all that shit they were popping off earlier this month about the black kids in foster care. Yeah, yeah, lots of that. They've really been ramping up on those hot-button issues. Um, and for the first time since Koshy's joke about Janelle Howard all those years ago, I really think that the public's starting to turn against them. Right across the board. Anyway, our guest today is one of those people who have been calling out the Bogan breakfast machine, uh, Nakia Louie. Very honoured to have Nakia join us as a guest today. She's behind some of Australia's most loved black comedy, such as ABC's Black Comedy, Black is the New White, and her newest Curitino production, Blacky Blacky Brown. Her writing has been critically acclaimed in both the Murray and Miglu communities, and she's often referred to as Australia's answer to Tina Fey. I don't think anyone's ever called her that clients, but... Well, you're right, Errol. Maybe you're the first one. Yeah, you're right. Just me. I didn't really want to follow uh, the Sydney Morning Herald's lead and call her Australia's Lena Dunham because she is far more woke than that. You've seen her on Q&A, The Drum and Women's Weekly, and now she's on the Batuta Advocate podcast. Well, Nikia, thank you for joining us today. Uh, first question off the bat is how would you describe yourself occupationally? Um, I, yeah, that's hard. Um, a writer mm-hmm. or um, like, you know, broke. Um, or um, Like that, most people who write for a living. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, or, yeah, just uh, that, that angry Aboriginal girl who does stuff over different things, I think. Yeah, yeah. Is, that, is that something you've learnt people attribute to you occupationally is like your Aboriginality is brought up or uh, aside from your, you know, talents, writing plays and, and stuff like that or? Um, yeah, look, yeah, I definitely, I mean, it was, it was a thing where when I first started, um, like a mentor of mine was like, do you feel like you're getting boxed in and you're always going to be that Aboriginal person? And it was like, I always get these people usually um older white guys saying to me be careful of being boxed in um as if like being known as being an aboriginal person or having that as part of your work was something that was maybe a disadvantage or perhaps limited you um but for me i don't know like it's it's what i'm really passionate about it's my identity it's such a a factor in what i have to say so it's not all of what i do but i don't want to feel like, I don't ever want to feel like it yeah. limits what I do. Yeah. Do you find, uh, you know, uh, we're talking about a filmmaker that uh, that's come into some prominence again this year with with um, two films, Warwick Thornton. Yeah. He's able to cast a net and do things all, all across, you know, the, the Australian psyche. Uh, do, do you think there's room for that? Like, uh, you know, maybe you could do a, a play about Kylie Minogue. <laughs> well, yeah, look, I think there's room as to whether I should is a different question. Like, do we, yeah. do we, do we need another story about an Australian pop star? <laughs> maybe How's one that? more. Yeah, yeah. We, well, we have. We have no, maybe um, just one more. Yeah. Never yeah, one tear us apart by in yeah, And we then had, we're done. Yeah, then we're yeah. done. A good biopic. Back to the, the, the glory days of who we and were. And then maybe in 10 years we can have one about Delta. <laughs> yeah. I write about a lot of stuff. Uh, I do a lot of 
riders' rooms and all of that type of gear. But, you know, I like it. Like, I recently – so I had a, um, a series on ABC – comedy uh could kicking kitty which was about like a talking vagina and that's done <laughs> quite well overseas so that was really nice to be like oh they don't know me as just the aboriginal girl it's yeah, more yeah. about the yeah the and talking that, vagina and girl. that um vagina doesn't need to be any particular you know race or creed no no, 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 no we should discriminate non-binary vaginas mm. guys racially ambiguous vaginas um well you often hear at writing school show a story, not tell it, and you should always write what you know. How much of that do you think shines through in your writing? Um, yeah, well, I, I didn't go to... I, like, I studied law, and yeah. when I was doing law, I fell into writing, and like, law's more like kind of, I'll do what I want, fuck mm-hmm. you, and prove me wrong, right? Yeah. So um, I think for me, it's just, you know, I'm not... People so often say we see our political identities or these, these things that we um, describe ourselves as, like... Aboriginal cultural identity, gender, race, sexuality. We see these are these things that kind of limit us. But I think you know we like our our difference is is our like similarity. Yeah. So yeah. I, yeah, I talk about being Aboriginal, but that's that's just a title. That experience of of being Aboriginal and and the things I'm talking about, I think, are a lot more universal. And for me. That's why I think I've been able to have a career is because I do talk about the intimacies and truth of what I feel, but other people feel that too, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it's not that different. For sure. And but also one thing we would say is that uh, writing about something you don't know can be evident. And uh, that's obviously not what you're doing. You're writing about what you know and you've experienced and it's, and it's visible, but it's also shared. But I'm also really good at writing white guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm known for that in like, like yeah. black comedy and the things I do, they're like, oh yeah, this is really good. Yeah, yeah. I've had a lot of white guys be like, oh, I love this role. Yeah, so yeah. I think it's just a question of like, question your point of view and perspective. Yeah. And a lot yeah. of people don't do that. Well, we, we were talking uh, before, there was a writer that uh, we've met along the traps called Omar Musa, who was writing on... Omar, the Malay takeaway. The Malay takeaway. The brown prince. He was writing on on Romper Stomper. On Romper Stomper. There's a particular line of dialogue in this new Romper Stomper where Omar... uh, I ran into Omar and I said, mate, there was a line of dialogue that could have only come from you. I knew he was writing on it uh, where there's about to be a fight at the front of a um, service station between skinheads and some African dudes. And... As you could really tell when it went from being a NIDA script writer to being a... Queen bee and hip-hop artist. A writer from down south, you yeah. know, with a bit of um, experience in the matter. Yeah, and there was just, <laughs> yeah. it, was just, it was just one particular line where, where I was like, that's got to be from someone yeah. who's a bit closer to the ground. Who's actually who, heard that line before. Yeah, so they're out front of the, you know. <laughs> front of the <laughs> service station and the skinheads Someone are standing there. Yeah. The skinheads are standing there and they're about to start a fight with some African guys and then they're winding them up and the African guys go, oh, right, a funny cunt. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I heard that and, and, and we said, that, that's got to be you, mate. And yeah. he said, yeah, that was me. Because everything else you could tell hadn't come from the ground. And, and I think Omar is a type of guy that's nearly been into a scrap at front of a service station yeah. before and knows exactly what to put down into that yeah, uh, particular totally. scene. It does shine through when it's not real. Panels. You get put on panels a lot too. Yeah. And, yeah. You, and you go on panels. I, I imagine you sometimes go I on yourself. Do, do you enjoy panels? being on panels? Well, not so, really. So how is the process, you know, say, for example, if, um, if, if you ended up on the Q&A panel? You yeah. Know, how does that start from you being, you know, just having your morning coffee to being, you know, eye to eye with uh, 
Mr. Tony, Eastern Suburbs Jones, um, <laughs> with his rounded accent and, yeah. and, uh, and, and him pronouncing his G's and, yeah. you know. Daddy Jones. Daddy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Talking, <laughs> talking down to you yeah, like Daddy, he's, Daddy he's some sort of Christ figure. You yeah. know? Oh, well, you know, the thing about, like, Tony Jones is it's been um, – He's he's actually I've always found him really supportive and mm-hmm. lovely and yeah. but um, we're just taking cheap shots. No, you can yeah. totally. There's yeah, there's there's shots to be taken because um, he's just another overpaid <laughs> ABC lefty employee. Uh, uh, echo chain. Yeah. Handbrake on the economy, like the puppet, you know, like you know, like off the left. Here I am paying you know out the ass on tax for and his wage, guys. And, and then there's Tony Jones in his board shorts on a beach in fucking Christ knows where. <laughs> Yeah. Living it up. I thought you were about to say Christchurch. That would be an ABC place to holiday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is where ABC yeah. people would holiday, is Christchurch so, on the beach. Christchurch <laughs> on the, on the I digress. How do you end up on panel shows, just to get back to... Um, yeah, look, I don't know. It just kind of happened. Um, like, my dad's an academic. My mum's a community worker. You know, for me, I feel really... Priv- this is getting very serious. Yep. Um, but I feel really privileged that I'm able to say something. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my views that I talk about... So I talk a lot about, you know, especially about, you know, Aboriginal affairs and politics. Like, it's nothing new. I've grown up with these ideas. Um, I hear people in my community saying similar things. So really, all I have to do is just get on TV and say it. Yep. Yep. And yeah, people say some shitty things, but that's a, that's a really small price to pay. And when yeah. I look back at, you know, the repercussions that my family have had for their political ideals growing up, you know, like my mum was a fringe dweller. They used to hide from the Aborigines Protection Board. Yep. Um, my grandmother, the same thing. My grandfather, the same thing. It's, it's such a small price to pay for me. But it's just kind of everyone's always looking for – I think this is a lot with marginal groups, but especially within the Aboriginal, I guess, community – a lot of non-Aboriginal people, especially media organisations, always want the next Aboriginal voice. They want yeah. this new Aboriginal voice and they want to be able to like cherry pick and um, display. Yeah. And there's a level of, I think, tokenism and racism there. But at the same time, you've got to use that. Yeah. You know, the world's the world. Um, you've, got to, you've got to use that to, to your advantage. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, doing Q&A, scary as shit. Like oh. it's... It's so scary. I've tried to get out of it before. Like, I, I told this big lie to the... Oh, I don't want to even say this. To, like, the <laughs> EP um, on the last one, which was about the Uluru Statement. Because I was like, oh, like, I don't know what I can add to this conversation. And I just feel like it was a hospital pass. Like, yep. it's such a loaded, like, a loaded discussion. I don't know how much I have to offer here. So I was like, oh, I need to get my tooth removed. Like, I can't come do it. But then they were really nice and they were like, oh, can we help you? And then I was like, I can't keep the lie out. But um, I think, you know, (laughs) when I – the first Q&A I did, my mum and my best friend were in the audience and they had like a wine or two. So we're like halfway into it and then I think it was like Greg Sheridan and Erica Burt started saying stuff and then I looked over at my mum and my friend and they looked so wild. Yeah. I thought they were going to get up and like slap yeah, yeah. one yeah, of the buggers. Yeah, that was the uh, Bill Leake cartoon, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was about that stuff. So, so yeah. you're, you're, yeah. So you had that feeling, like you know, if yeah. it's on, like yeah. it's like we've got family here. We, we, yeah. I've got support here. I've yeah. Got, yeah. And it was like, if I don't say something now, then um, wanna, they're going to get up and uh, yeah. get an assault charge. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and also you'll think about it forever if you don't say it when you have the platform. Yeah. I guess that's the uh, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think you get up there. You you feel really nervous 
and you always do. Like it's it's you you you're on there with politicians who are like paid to basically answer questions, but. Um, you kind of think like you get up there and it's like, well, if you like, if you're gonna poke it, you got to fuck it, right? Yeah, like yeah. I can't leave yeah. the panel like mm-hmm. I'm on national TV, yeah. so I either mm-hmm. say something or I don't. Um, but yeah, that was you just kind of, you know, they just want someone to come up and talk about stuff. And you get the sweaty palms. They go, Nikki, we'll throw this one to you. Yeah, and I'm not <laughs> an actor like by I act now, but yeah. um, my background is writing, so yeah. it's kind of like well. People hire you because of your perspective. Mm-hmm. It's a bit yeah. different to things like acting and, and sports where you have contracts and yeah. reputations yeah. and teams and productions that have to worry about um, what you say and what you do and if you get hired or you get, I don't know, another contract. Whereas for me, it's like, well, fuck it. If I say something that's not quite right, it's not going to have that much of an effect. Yeah. I'll have people maybe say some things on socials, but mm-hmm. you know what, like, fuck them. You know, it's, it's just part of the game and, and sometimes it's, it's good when people are talking about you. I mean, they're engaged, and even if they're, yeah, they don't like what you have to say. It's sticking with them. Do you guys get that? Well, we did get one tweet directed at us, which was, you know, an innate death threat. Um, <laughs> an innate, de- like, what's yeah. that? Well, like? well, you know, it's, 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 it was it's, vague. It's, it was it's, a vague death threat. It, it's more or less, you know, like just fucking try and come and kill me. Yeah. You know, just so you try and kill you, them. No, no. It was, it was, oh, okay. it's, it's they like said this is the year we killed. Yeah. This is the year I killed them. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's like you've it's like the year thrown you down the gauntlet. Doing fitness first. <laughs> it's like, do we no, wait? It's it might have been a resolution, but it was like, what do we do? Do we wait? Yeah. When's it going to be? No, February, like, March? Yeah, like, no, going to kill us? It's like you've thrown down the gauntlet and I've thrown down mine and I'm going to wait for you to come up here and kill me. Yeah. And if you do, by Jove, I will give you a... <laughs> A, a good context, <laughs> yeah. um, and also come to Batuta if you want to kill us. Like that's, uh, I guess. And we had. Uh, if you're getting 2017 to they were like 2017. They're like today, like not this year, not the year. How long have been running? Like I just <laughs> not 2018. Yeah. Now to this. <laughs> I'm yeah. ready to be a murderer. Yeah. And then we did have another one saying, uh, calling for our public hanging, and I was like, oh, could you just wait until. Uh, my parents are busy. I wouldn't really want to see my ageing parents, you know, come all the way out to Australia and be like, oh, all right, uh, we're just going to go and watch our son get hanged in the middle of the Simpson Desert. You know, that would... Uh, yeah. Hear ye, hear ye, really come to them. the yeah. Advocate Public Hanging. And we get, we get communists and then we also get... <laughs> we get communists yeah. a lot and then we get Liberal Party funded and then we also got recently centrist cowards, yeah. which is kind of okay. the yeah. third one you never which hear about. Which my journalism professor at uh, at the University of uh, of Hong Kong, he would be very proud um, that I would just be labelled a centrist coward because he goes every every single journalist Errol should be a centrist coward. You know, you should. <laughs> You, you, you know, well, the goal the uh, goal of your career is to be liked by everyone you talk to, but simultaneously hated by everyone who reads you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, which I, I think is a good code of ethics for every journalist to follow. Yeah, it's like ethics above moralism. When you guys <laughs> first started out, like I remember reading Batuta Advocate um, headlines that people thought were really serious and I would have like a lot of old aunties or like cousins who went into in the loop who would post things and then people would get really wild do you still get that or do people understand now we don't necessarily get people who mistake us for satire we do get people who mistake us for being centrist cowards 
<laughs> unashamed regional journalism. Um, I'm sorry. That that has no stalwarts. That that has no fear or favour. We do get plastered with the S word every now and then by you know these these ABC types. These uh, <laughs> these these big city you know RM Williams wearing clip clopping down Park Street. Clip-clopping. Clip clopping down Roma Street. Vulture Street, Vulture Street, mate. Yeah, clip clopping down Roma Street, you know, praying that it rains on their hobby farm at an esk, you know, it's. um, (laughs) But, you know, (laughs) until until they come out and see that the Diamantina right now is in flood, that it's one of the most beautiful things that they'd ever see, but they don't really want to go any further west than where the the McDonald's ends at Charleville and Roma. Then bugger them, yeah, you know. Do you get any, like, thirsty regional journalism fans who, like, slide into your DMs? This, oh, sorry, no, I'm just no, curious. No, keep yeah. we, we've never Do you get any, like... Oh, you yeah, know, like, well, Oh, real, real into the reporting, you, you centrist. <laughs> yeah, you I like it. It makes me... Centrist cowards. You centrist. Rings my yeah. bell. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love cowards, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did get a DM the other day, you know, they were asking us if we were going to be going to Beef Week in Rocky. Yeah, we're going. Beef week. Well, they Rocky. call it, they actually call it. We, um, uh, what they call it root week. It is what exactly what you imagine. It's just yep. everyone goes to Rocky. It's some imagine like people it, fucking cows, it, but that's not what it is, is it? It's, yeah, a bit of that too. It's basically yeah. like you're donating blood, but you're donating your DNA. Yeah, yeah I've yeah. heard anyway from uh, all the young folk. All right, well, uh, from one display of uh, bovine excellence <laughs> to sunrise. Um, so we did have a bit of punching down from, uh, from Koshi and Sam. Uh, they did have two very underqualified people to discuss uh, a very hot topic and they were both very underqualified to talk about the subject. Should, should white couples, should white families have the privilege of adopting... Uh, Aboriginal children from from troubled homes, and uh, the reaction, rightly so, was uh, quite negative. But that was lampooned on 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 Tom Ballard's ABC show by you. So, is it important to uh, to sort of take these these really horrible things that people can say about people and repurpose them for comedy? Because comedy is is a good sort of vehicle for discussing and exploring these very complex issues in a very approachable way. Yeah, my look my grandmother always said to me like what can you do if you can't laugh? And so for me that's always kind of my impetus for work is we have to be able to laugh at this stuff or laugh not laugh at it but laugh about it because usually it comes from just such a horrible ridiculous nonsensical place. And so the thing with Sunrise for me was that it was it was just I'll be really blatant, it's a bit serious, but um it was disgusting. You can't get up there and talk about people denying the stolen generation and it happened, it affected all Aboriginal people. Um but it was just such a mis mis misconstruing the truth. Um because that's not even the issue at hand when it comes to care and protection. There are issues with care and protection, but is Sunrise, as a soundbite, the best place for it to be? Especially to be with discussed? ex-soccer journalists on Oh, there. and like pre-McSweeney. Um, it's just, it was just gross. It was disgusting and it was gross. And there's a certain level of ethics that people, especially our media, need to be accountable to. Um, but in terms of doing the, the funny stuff about it, um, you, you had to... 
had to laugh because it was hurtful. It was you know, very It was well so done, hurtful. Yeah. It was calling them all cunts. Was, yeah, yeah our, was, white, um, our white people cunts. Well, um, it's, question mark. There's and, a question. And, I'm not, well, I'm not saying anything. And, um, and, and well, yeah. you, you were using their words against them. Well, it was it was yeah. a good way to do it. Well, funnily enough, so I did the Tonightly with, with Tom Ballard and I did that, that sketch and it was very funny and it was talking, it was making fun of the whole idea of um, let's, we actually need to, we actually need to intervene on these poor white presenters who are, you know, making answers of themselves, yeah? Um, and then with the, funnily enough, with the um, black comedy uh, white people can't sketch, um, Naika Gori, who wrote that, who's one of the writers on the uh, next season three of Black Comedy, um, absolute genius. You guys need to get her. She's great. She wrote that um, that sketch. And so she's written a whole series of them. And I'm, you know, kind of acting them in them and I script edited and co-produced the show. So, you know, we, we kind of knew what we were getting ourselves into. But it was so timely. We literally shot it the day after... Samantha Armitage and Sunrise yeah, had right. said these things. So you hadn't that, that was that wasn't triggered. That no, was that was that was already ready to go. It really? was yeah. Well, they have a history of it. It's that thing where it's kind of like you kind of you step around the shit, then eventually you put yeah. your foot in it, right? Like you know, if you shit, you're gonna you're gonna step in it. Yeah. And so um, and so it was really interesting because the response back from I guess conservative media was just intense but the best thing about it was that I think Daily Mail responded Rita Panini Panini I call her Panini I don't know how to say her name um, responded I think the Australian wrote this huge thing that was mainly about me it was like a thousand words something called the mocker Um, (laughs) something like mocker it's a nice drink the mocker Um, you inner city mocker the inner city mocker ironic right Uh, but um, yeah it it, it was just it went to kind of show like how transparent their their goals are in terms yeah. of we just need to uh, make everything divisive and about you know black versus white left versus right um, to further some very like frivolous you know calls um, but it was it was really funny because the discussions that came from doing these comedy sketches. Um, in you know they they were they were like saying as if we said white people were cunts mm-hmm. when the qu- it was a question um, so I was like well you know it's like if you someone cheats right they put their own yeah. foot in it it's like well you guys are kind of admitting to your cuntness by <laughs> doing what you're doing but the best bit was in the um, with the uh, wake up to yourself which is, which is the morning show that we yeah. have on black comedy uh, where we do the are white people cunts the discussions that happened in the comments was very funny because there were a lot of people who were really upset. Uh, but then there were the people who were like, they're cool. <laughs> they're cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, I'm white and I think, yeah, we, we might actually be cunts. So yeah. it was, you know, it, it was, I think what I'm proud of with that is that it was able to bring some like humour and joy yeah. and a, a relief from <laughs> actually just how hurtful this conversation can be. Because I think we forget in Australia when it comes to things like race and especially with Aboriginal affairs, that colonisation was only like 200 years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really not that that far. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you go, it's like, um, my great-great-grandmother was, like, that, that was still, like, she was removed from her home um, and had her land taken from her. Um, 
and that's really not that. I know white people who know their great-great-grandparents. Yeah, Do you know sure. what I mean? So it's like it's a very volatile, it's a hard thing to discuss, but I think humour at least provides people a relief from how hurtful it is yeah. and then also it creates space and we need to be able to talk about things. When you start saying yeah. we can't talk about it, this is what we can and can't talk about, then that's when I think we run into issues. And, and, into and how has the, um, the Blackfellow community responded to black comedy from, from the start because you've kind of been on the ground where, where yeah. the landscape's changed to the point where there's room and there's like uh, resources and there's actual airtime for these yarns and these jokes which, which you know have obviously resonated with so many people but just how much has it resonated? Oh, look, the response has been overwhelming with black yeah. comedy. It's... It's been so supported by the community and, again, like, I don't think we say anything too special yeah. and that's why people, like, relate to it because they're like, oh, I've had these thoughts, I've had these same mm. sentiments, it's just we're able to do it on TV and, and write it up. Housewives <laughs> of Narrowmind. Yeah. Housewives of Narrowmind yeah. was, a, uh, yeah. was a special gag, yeah. I, uh, I have to have say, Deborah Malman. Good oh, Mount Isaac girl. Mount Isaac yeah. she's She is a solid gin. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's been great. But what's been kind of amazing too is like one of the problems we've had since season one is all of the like prominent white actors, especially male actors who want to get on the show. And we have to, we've kind of had to go. We can't, we... Has anyone asked if they can play a black fella? Lot, well, not black fella, but we've had a lot of people go, make fun of me, put oh, me right, on the right, show, right, right, right. corner you at like, oh, this is a bit, this is a bit um, name droppy, but like corner you at like... Logie's after party and stuff and be like, I've got this idea for a sketch. So I'm this white guy <laughs> and uh, really want to be on the show. Uh, and so it's, I think like it's... Like in Migloos. Um, yeah. Uh, I think uh, it just means that people are able to engage with this stuff because for me, like with writing, one of my key aims when I first started writing and, and I still think about now is, you know, you, you need to have people care about us because... The Aboriginal community is so often pushed into the fringes mm -hmm. or disempowered. These conversations aren't led by us, they're about us. So making people care about our welfare is... That's actually a bigger obstacle than I think um, maybe we recognise. And I have a lot of faith... I'm getting really... I'm getting crying here. I get a lot of faith in humanity. Yeah. To an extent, I think most people want to be able to engage. And I yeah. think saying, laugh with us... Um, and having something that you can share or kids can go to school and be like, like be proud of yeah. instead of getting like abo jokes every day, which is what I grew up with. Yeah. Like now, I think that's really important. Now it's what's this then, slut? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, Look, I, like I, that, I, that's I, great. But, you know, when you see like a little like 10-year-old girl, 8-year-old, eight 8-year-old eight kids. I was with Stephen Oliver in like Redfern one day and um, this, little, this little girl on like a little scooter <laughs> Pedals pass, oh, pedal steps yeah. past it. However, scoots past. Scoots past. Scoots past. Yeah. Is that the right? Yeah, she scoots past us and she it, yells out, "It's a good What's bird. this then, slut?" <laughs> and Stephen kind of hung his head and he's like, oh, "I don't know what I've done." I've, <laughs> I've been I've been on a lift with Stephen Oliver in Brisbane, and the doors were closing, and it said, uh, "Doors closing, please stand clear." And he must have been in this lift a few times, and he was ready to go. <laughs> he goes, Doo -doo. "Doors closing." Please stay queer. And yeah, go yeah. And put on a <laughs> he had an audience. <laughs> this one is, yeah, yeah. I'm sure he thought about it yeah. a few times. Um, I was man. the audience. Also, you know, we have this whole thing about comedy punching down, mm. especially with like so many um, male comedians now getting like coming out as being like super creepy. Um, <laughs> it's kind of um, 
you know, a lot of my comedy heroes, it's like, oh, man, why'd you have to show people your dick? I liked you. But, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's kind of, like, it's kind of great being an Aboriginal woman because you kind of can't punch down. Yeah. Like, everything is punching up. So it's yeah. like, fuck, I can say whatever I want. And yeah. that's a really rare position to and, be in. And, and, and anyone who may be below you is in on the joke anyway. So yeah, well, you hope yeah. so, hey. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, uh, I suppose you haven't had any calls from uh, Chris Lilly. Yeah, he, he wanted to be on Have that you, one. Uh, has 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 he expressed his interest in being very method on um yeah on yeah black comedy? Yeah, well, you know we um <laughs> really yeah. Well, you know what I think he could take all of our roles. Hey, we might have black comedy. The stage show <laughs> yeah. played by one man, Chris Lilly. <laughs> <laughs> anonymous well, bitter on the right. Well, he's <laughs> always right. he's always been a man who has who has indeed marched to the sound of his own drum. But, mm. um, but, but if that's the only drum in the room, you know that's they don't like him in uh, in, in Brisbane, the Tongans anyway. I think what happened uh, was he was good uh, there for a bit, and I, I'm kind of a big fan. Good. <laughs> you okay? I don't, yeah, no. look, I don't want to put myself in hot water, but I think I don't ever think there's anything that you you shouldn't be able to say. Yep. It's just you have to say it. Smart, yep. yeah. and the thing was, he just stopped getting smart. I honestly think he's a great bowler, and he used to come in and he used to just terrorise people and just take their wickets, and then he used to take that straight to the bank. <laughs> I don't follow cricket, but it's kind of making sense. <laughs> <laughs> he would never go after the strongest wolf in the pack. He'd always go after the. He could have done a good liberal know. politician so well, but he instead went. And he could have been a good liberal. Yeah, like that's it. <laughs> that's politician maybe himself. He is. <laughs> you know, he's, he's got what? that straight hair, those wide apart eyes. You know that unathletic build. Chris Pine build. Vibes. Yeah, yeah. He is. Sounds like you're describing Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb, hello. Little, he's listening. Oh, I don't yeah. mind him. <laughs> What's the go with you and redhead dudes? Ah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a. So you you are a magnet um, to geeky redheads. Is that I the am. Hey, like yeah. Look, I say this. Um, it's my you know when people say what are the what are, you know if I went for a do- job interview and they said you know what what are your positive attributes or what are your what are your vices I'd be like well redheads love me. <laughs> they do. I put it on. Um, I was a bit tipsy. I went to this like um, the ABC Melbourne Comedy launch or something. I had a few too many proseccos, and I got home and um, I was. Anyways, it's a long story. There's a, oh no, I don't even want to go into it. Um, and then um, I yeah, I I said that, and then you know what? I had a few thirsty gingers slide into my DMs. Um, uh, you know, I've, like my two previous. Uh, boyfriends were, were gingers. Right. Um, I don't know. I wonder if it's like an Aboriginal thing. I don't know. Right, right. I mean, yeah. it could be. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm look, I didn't ask for it. Yeah. You know, great power. Can what about um, your nickname, Knuckles? Where does that come from? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, look, Briggs is like the bane of my life in a lot of ways. He's like my brother, but he shits me to tears. We had a group chat and he just started calling me Knuckles. And that just, that actually, that kind of came from the. the <laughs> Ginger Ranger thing. Um, he's, uh, but he's also the number one uh, insult writer about Nakia, apparently. Yeah, pretty, pretty much about me. He, he nicknamed all of the group chats we were in together. He, he went in one night, I guess he was bored, and like went and renamed them all Knuckles and Friends. <laughs> so in all of our group chats, every Facebook... Um, like like iMessages, they're all Knuckles, Insta, Knuckles and Friends... 
Um, I think it comes from... So my mum was giving my sister and I this talk about, um, you know, sex one night. And my sister's, you know, we call her like a little Kardashian. Like, she's beautiful, but she's nasty and mean. And I love her, but she's like a little stunner. And so mum was saying... We were in the car one night and um, Briggs thought this was hilarious. <coughs> mum was saying to my sister, don't let anyone give you the hard word. And then she looked at me and she paused. She's like, and don't you give anyone the hard word? So now he calls me knuckles because guys have to kind of tap out. (laughs) 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 I put the hard word on him. But, um, yeah, that's uh, that's where that all kind of came from. And he started this rumour about me kissing this kind of well-known red-headed Australian comedian, which isn't true, didn't happen. Um, but now it's, it's is just it Tom Gleason? <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, no. <laughs> is it Bill Burr? No. Now, now, Nikki, you grew, <laughs> like you're not Australian. I wish. Yeah. <laughs> Redhead Bostonian yeah, with like yeah, a little working yeah. class homophobia. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm into it. <laughs> I got to Louis kiss a lady. She said no, but I kept going. That's my Bill Burr impression. <laughs> Uh, uh, Louis C.K. He's a redhead uh, Bostonian. Yeah. yeah, but he we, we mentioned him earlier. He might have had a let's swerve. Uh, he's about, his, about my consent. Yeah, he's anyway. um, he's in his Weinstein days now. Yeah. He's uh, he's done. He's Put done. him out to pasture. Yeah. Um, Mount Druitt girl. Yes. Born and bred. Yep. Born and bred in Mount Druitt. Yep. Uh, born in Blacktown, bred in Mount Druitt. Yep. But Blacktown when it was still like Aboriginal Blacktown. Not, yep. You know the, the new black Blacktown. Sudanese Blacktown. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Down there at uh, Blacktown PCYC. Savannah Pride, shout out to the boys, straight to the college <laughs> system. That's how you play basketball. Now, we um, wanted to ask a question because for people outside of that particular part of the world, mm. uh, which we believe and you earlier referred to as the area um, of, of Mount Druitt, Blacktown, uh, most Australians sitting at home listening in from all over the place would only really be familiar with Struggle Street, yeah. that SBS porn poverty that they uh, published about. What could easily be a nice area. We'd like to know your thoughts growing up there. Um, well, I love Mount Druitt. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, you know, I never knew I was, I guess, from a poor suburb until I went to uni. And, mm-hmm. I, like, that's when I discovered that, like, Vaucluse and Rose Bay existed. I didn't yeah. even know we had an eastern suburbs in Sydney yeah. until I um, started uni. And that's because I went to UNSW Law School. So it was, like, a lot of people from that area. Um, but, you know, for me, Mount Druitt was... You know, I, I loved it. It's a really tight-knit Aboriginal community out there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of Aboriginal people there from all over New South Wales because it was a resettlement area. Right. So in the 70s, they moved a lot of people, Aboriginal people from missions and from country towns to St Mary's and Mount Druitt to um, work in Dunhevard, which is the industrial area. Right. So they used to have, like, about, like, one Aboriginal family per block. Kind of It was kind of segregation laws, but... Um, that's how my family ended up there and um, for me it was always you know it was really I loved it it was Mm -hmm. really incredibly I don't want to you know sound like a cliche but incredibly diverse Um, you could you know ride your bike around at night Um, well no my parents wouldn't really let me do that but it was a very kind of community orientated area and what I still love about it to this day is it's not like keeping up with the Joneses, yep. you know, everybody's kind of from the same stock in a way. Yep. 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 It's not aspirational at all. It's just a place to, you know, you can walk down the street and smile and, and you can, like where I used to catch the train to, to uni and stuff, it was um, the, the methadone clinic was right next to it and you'd say, you'd smile, you'd mm-hmm. be your locals and, you know, it, 
now, like, thinking back, there was a few things that were a bit... Um, that doesn't happen to, like, every suburb, you realise. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, you know, we, there were riots. When I was growing up, there was a big kind of um, racial division between Aboriginal people and different um, islander groups. Right. Um, that's kind of resolved a little bit, or like a huge bit. But um, it's, yeah, I... For me, it's very different to live in it. And, yeah, you can go, it's... Like, it's a really poor area. There's a high unemployment rate. A lot of people live under the poverty line. But that's not because of the people. That's because of their opportunity. Yeah, You right. know, like, the, the bus there, it's, so it's a private bus line. And there's just some days they wouldn't go down certain streets. Yeah. But people would need to get that bus to get to work, you mm-hmm. know, and then they get fired from their job. And it's, like, still, like, $10 to get the train into the city. So, you know, for me, it was... Um, it was incredibly freeing in a way to grow up because I didn't really, I never felt like I was being judged there. For sure. And what and what else are the, the, the demographics that you just mentioned, Islanders? What's the demographics like out there? Because it's it's one uh, Sydney as a whole has the uh, largest population of Aboriginal people yeah. in Australia, uh, but a lot of Aboriginal people don't grow up in metropolitan areas. So you know, you you're a Koori family growing up around Islanders, and yeah. is, is the is there a bit is a bit of a mix out there like like there often are in urban areas? Yeah, look it's super mixed. So Mount Jewett, Western Sydney, like the Mount Jewett, Blacktown, um, metropolitan, it's like a politician. But um <laughs> they um they have the highest urban population of Aboriginal people. Um, it's just kind of spread out. Um, but there's, you know, like it's it's a bit more I think mixed now. So, you know, like all of my little like little cousins and stuff have kids with Tongans and can't pronounce their names. Um, Fafitas at the yeah. Mandroot. <laughs> yep. Um, but it's, it's really, it is really mixed. I think the Aboriginal experience is very similar to a migrant experience in terms of class. So, you know, I grew up with parents who were like, get an education, go to uni and things like that. And, and that's, I've, I've had a very, you know, a lot of my friends when I went to school, even high school out there are, are still my friends to this day because I've had a very similar journey through life when it comes yeah, to education yeah. and, and career. It actually reminds me a lot of the flight path district in South Batuta, actually, and uh, we uh, we often report about the uh, the area uh, uh, similar to um, Mount Druitt and, and and the area. Now, yeah, they don't look at the good things. It's but, always like the bad. No, oh well, like, the, the SBS like, yeah. most definitely. SBS like to um, like to have a bit of a well, that that particular program obviously um, upset a lot of people when they kind of just all they showed was people smoking cones for six episodes and it was just like no, there's a lot more yeah, stuff but, going on. Yeah, My yeah, guys, no, right but there. See, no, but see, that's all that these people who don't live in these areas, you know, like all like all these all these hoity toities, <laughs> these ABC, <laughs> who like to believe that where they live and how they live is is at least better than someone. Mm. Yeah. You know, so people are to blame for their problems. Exactly. Yeah. You, you know, Very like, you know, like, this is why they pay, you know, thirty five, thirty six percent, you know, tax, you know, like you know, like, oh you know, like this is the reason why I'm allowed to be angry, you know, yeah. blah, 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 you know, it's um I pay for these people. The best yeah. bit about Struggle Street though when that aired was the gossip around gossip around town yeah there's people like going oh who's on it who's yeah on it? who's on <laughs> it and um oh they're telling a bit of a fib aren't they like, he, like there was one black fella on there and the, the gossip was about town the gossip about town was that um no, he actually did have a house they made it look like he lived in the bush and yeah, he would only yeah. go stay in the bush when he got in trouble with his missus so, <laughs> so that was that was the rumor yeah. i heard yeah so it was um very you know i think that that was also a, a kind of a you know people just getting really like you're getting told fibs yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, look, you, you, you've got a following with um, black comedy around the country. Would you guys ever do a tour? Because you know you'd sell it. 
Um, look, I don't know. Hey, I think it was on the table at one point. Because we want you in Batuta. <laughs> well, we would definitely come. Um, I don't know. Mm. Well, you know, it's a TV show. Yeah. yeah. A lot to thank for editing, I think. Yeah. Well, a lot of people involved <laughs> in the team. A lot of well, people bringing um, us copies. Actually, we're, the, we're really, you know, we're the ABC types between the breaks. Well, yeah. well, we bung on the accent when we're on the show. <laughs> <laughs> you do have a live show on now. Can you tell us a little bit about it? You know, like, can you sell it to our audience? Yeah, so it's a, I have a play coming on in Sydney and in Melbourne called Blackie Blackie Brown, the traditional owner of death. Yep. Um, <laughs> it's called Chapter... Reconciliation or Revenge. Um, and it's about... It's a kind of exploitation play about um, an Aboriginal archaeologist who finds a skull and it turns out to be the skull of her great-great-great-grandmother. And, um, her, and then her grandmother comes and tells her the story of how her tribe got murdered in a massacre. And she gets retold this story and then she swears revenge on all of the descendants of the men who committed the massacre. So the whole play is her going to kill... I did the math and it turned out a bit like 400 and something people who were the descendants of these these men. And I think the, the whole play, it's it's great. It's um, partly animation. There's two actors performing all of the roles. Um, it's really... It's a comedy. It sounds really serious, but it's a comedy. Um, and it's it's all about I think how do you how do you move forward, you know like how do you move forward as a country when colonialism has, you know there's a lot of blood on people's hands. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm selling this really mm-hmm. well. It's got real dark no, all of no, a sudden. No, 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 <laughs> when he like critiques all of my shows, this is the thing. When people like him critique the shows and they say their piece, they're actually just promoting your show. Oh, yeah. well, most definitely. But he did like we did a sketch on black comedy called The Elders in season two, which which Briggsy wrote and um Andrew Bolt liked it. <laughs> and we kinda had this moment with <laughs> Briggs being like, Have we done the right thing? <laughs> um, yeah. so maybe he'll like it, I don't know. But um would you guys ever do a show? Would you do a Batuta Advocate live news uh, show? Only if Andrew Bolt liked it. No, actually, I we've got some really cool <laughs> ideas for black comedy. Maybe you could bring us on there. <laughs> yeah, and sweet. <laughs> Behind every black person, there's a smart white man. So is that not the same? Or Why loud, not just... Or, or a loud mouth, <laughs> a loud mouth white person. Um, yeah, but that's the show. It's great. There's a segue. It's, you know, I love... I'm a massive fan of Quentin Tarantino and a lot of those kind of, you know, exploitation films. Right. Um, what would you call this? Black exploitation. Yeah, it's AU. kind of like yeah, a bit. It's kind of it's kind of turned into like um, exploitation and a bit of like futurism. Right. Got really inspired inspired by uh, the Black Panther. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, but the biggest thing with the, with the show has been I had to kind of it, she kills all these people and then she kind of wonders, you know, she kind of realizes she's doing what she hates and how do you change the world? And the biggest thing I've had about this play has been so hard to write in a way is that. I don't actually know how I would change the world. Yeah. Not like I don't know what comes next. You know, I don't know kind of what what kind of hopeful question I have from the laughter. So that's been yeah. that's been hard. That's tough. Yeah. That's tough. Well, let's yeah. all tune in and watch it. Blackie yeah, Blackie Brown. Sydney Theatre Company, Malthouse Theatre. I didn't sell it good, did I? I didn't no, do a good no, elevator no, pitch. No, if no, I was no, talking I to a producer who's coked off his face, no, he would have no. cut me off a long time ago. <laughs> 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 So that is Blackie Blackie Brown, uh, commencing 5th of July, presented by the Sydney Theatre Company and Malthouse Theatre. Nakia, thank you for joining us today. 
And thank you, everyone, for listening to our podcast with Nakia Louie. And that's it. We're at the top of the hour. We're getting the hurry up from Murray in the booth. Uh, we'll talk to you all next week. Please subscribe to the podcast. Give it five stars and say hi to your mum for me. I'm Errol Parker. Have a good one. I'm Clancy Overall. You be kind to each other. Right now at Honda, find your kind of value with a low finance rate offer on selected Civic hatch and sedan models. There's never been a better time to get into a Civic. So talk to your local dealer and let's help you into a Honda today. T's and C's apply. Ends August 31st. See website for details.